I'm not gonna say anything about the clap this week. <laughs> I was waiting. I not was waiting saying for anything it. about it is actually it's funnier. <laughs> saying I mean, you're do not going even to even know. <laughs> that was the yeah. That was kind of the joke. What but. if they jumped in on the seventh episode? Well, Everybody I mean, claps along. Then it'd be funny. <laughs> sure. Sure. Let's start over. We shouldn't have said no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could basically start this anytime we want, right? <laughs> yeah, it's we, already started though. I've we, committed. Yeah, I like it. I too. committed to a joke. No redo. Back out. It's it's like a familiar friend. It's warm. I'm ready. Right. Well, there is something to like the consistency. I feel like mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. otherwise, it just feels weird. Yeah, one of the things I've kind of been thinking about with this podcast is how many consistencies people will notice that they will point out to us that we haven't you know you know like oh right. jake always says this or nick always says this you know yeah that's weird yeah you'll become hyper aware of all the annoying things that you do well and i kind of want to say too i want people to know that we are listening back unfortunately we have to listen to ourselves talk and listen back through the episodes to edit them or whatever and when i say edit them i don't mean take stuff out I just mean, if, sound. If Nick decides he wants to open the van door in the middle of the recording, and <laughs> should I do it. that again? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be but, honest yeah. with you guys. I have not listened back to a full episode. Only that's fine. Bits it's and fine. Just I'm just part. that because it is it because they suck or it's because I don't like the sound of my own voice. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I like skip around till it's just you guys talking. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember <laughs> I didn't talk to you. I listened to this part. Well, I was just saying I want people to know that we are trying to actively get good at this. So, um, we, we're our own worst critics probably, but. Now you set the expectation. No, I'm just saying. If, if we don't get better every time, we're going to be like, you guys said, <laughs> what are you guys doing? You getting yeah. lazy? I shouldn't have said anything. Now we're screwed. I just That's wanted right. them to know. I just wanted to be open. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, welcome everyone to episode six. Similar vein podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us another week. How's your guys' week been? Really good. Really good, actually. Um, yeah. Sometimes the best weeks are uneventful. <laughs> Amen. I feel that way, too. You know? That's you how my week's been, too. Uneventful? Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah. It's a good way to recharge, I think. But I also tend to get, like, very anxious if... if there's not a lot going on. Yeah. I get have too much time to like sit around and be on the internet for no reason. So. Yeah. I really pack my nights, I think, when I have an uneventful day. Something else I've been doing too that I wish I wasn't, I just went to push up my glasses and they aren't there. <laughs> but not that. Something that I've been, been doing <laughs> is I've been looking at my phone right away in the morning. Mm. Like get up at about seven o'clock. And I just first thing will look at my phone for like 10, 15 minutes. That's way too mm. long. Well, the Ooh. thing is, is do you remember what you look at? Like later in the day, do you actually recall what you look at? Or is it kind of like more of a, just a way to stimulate your brain to get you awake? Like, Maybe I can honestly say I don't remember. I did read something the other day that said that first stretch that we do, you know, I mean, not everybody does it, but you know, that thing like where you wake up and just kind of yawn and stretch is really vital to waking up like your nervous system and your, I, 
I don't do that. I just look at my phone. That's not good. <laughs> Stretch your mind. If you don't do a good little baby dinosaur yawn in the morning, then you're not waking up properly. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yes. Every day. That's part of my daily routine. Exactly how it sounds. Um, well, speaking of phones, I figured mm. we would dive right in. How's that for a segue? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Look at that. This episode is about upgrade culture. Um, something that I think something I'm excited to talk about because um I feel like I've gone through varying degrees of this of always feeling like I need to upgrade my stuff for no reason. And I think a lot of us just as general, like nerdy consumers like we are, we all like tech kind of, and we kind of get into this mindset of always needing to have the latest, greatest thing. Um, but I also think that as musicians and as, you know, people that have, that were passionate about certain um, hobbies and other interests, it's easy to fall into this here as well. So I thought it'd be interesting to um, not only talk about like just general consumerism, but also how, as it relates to being a musician and um, kind of where we draw the line between like wanting something and needing something. Um, this is kind of like the season holiday season is right around the corner where everyone is starting to think about like buying new things. Um, Black mm. Friday is coming up. It's mm -hmm. a big uh, consumer, I guess, holiday. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a holiday or can be considered <laughs> one, but an Probably excuse is an excuse that people use to go buy new things. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have real, any real structure here, but just something that I thought would be fun to discuss. The new yeah. iPhones were just announced mm -hmm. er, earlier this week. So, um, yeah. You, what are you guys thoughts on, on upgrading things? Do you guys think that like, is this a sensitive thing for people? I think it can be. I don't think we need to hold back though. No, I'm not saying I'm not worried about how people react to it. Cause if you don't like what we talk about, there's a lot of podcasts you can listen to, but a lot of other things. Yeah. But do you think maybe we're like too sensitive as a society to people calling us out when we're just on that upgrade grind? <laughs> I think uh, we are. Well, what you I, sensitive, yeah. like, well anytime, you anytime you guys say, Hey man, you don't need that. I'm like, mm. yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. I think there is something to like someone telling you that you should or shouldn't feel a certain way. When mm -hmm. like, if you, if you've made it up in your mind that you want something and someone tells you that you shouldn't, there's like, I don't know. I always, I always personally get really upset when I'm telling, when I'm like excited about something and I'm like telling someone, yeah, I'm really excited to do this and this. And then they're like, uh, don't you have like a pretty nice phone yeah. already? Yeah. You know, there's like this moral, uh, condescension that, that happens. <clears throat> I kind of, I kind of feel like you got to listen to that as hard as it is. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. And I don't know. I actually had this conversation with some friends from work, um, the other day, which we were just talking about the new iPhones that were announced. And someone was like, is anyone going to get, get the new one? And I was honest and I said, I think I might, um, but I was very clear because I was, you know, on a call with a bunch of engineers where everyone is the only thing they're ever thinking about is like, um, efficient use of money. You know, they're all yeah. as like a collective group of people, engineers tend to be really frugal. Um, and I am in some ways, but in all, in other ways, I'm just like the complete opposite. Like I have mm -hmm. certain things in my life that I like, 
I spend money on pretty guiltlessly. Like I don't guilt myself for it. Um, and I make up for it by being ruthlessly frugal on areas that I don't care about at all. Yeah. So I told them that I was considering upgrading and I had some reasons, but the biggest reason was just that I wanted to, like I wasn't trying to fool myself into thinking that I needed it for any reason. Yeah. Um, and I think for them to hear it that way, they had, a, they, they were more receptive of it, but they all still were like, yeah, but there's no reason mm-hmm. for it. So you shouldn't do yeah. it in all, in all this. And I don't know. I, I don't was, think there's any, I don't, I don't think it does any good to like make people feel guilty, but no. I do think it's, it's good to make them, you know, really think why they're doing things. I was intrigued by the, the mini phone mm. actually. I mean, I have the 11, not the pro, so it's smaller of the two, but mm-hmm. I kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I'd like that. I mean, I do watch a lot of videos and stuff on my phone, so maybe I would want a right. bigger screen, but. I kind of like being able to fit it in my pocket easily <laughs> mm. and not have a big chonker of a, you know. You mean the Max versus the, just like the regular standard size? Yeah, is that like what they're calling it? The 11 Pro well, Max or the 11 Pro or the, I so don't know what the 12 is. With the iPhone 12, it's new that they have the standard size 12, they have the 12 Pro, they have the 12 Pro Max. But oh. they've also they've also released a 12 mini, which yeah. is smaller. It's the same size as like the iPhone SE is now. Oh yeah, like with the with the iPhone five, I guess or six size used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not technically a new size, but it's a new size in terms of like flagship hardware. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that makes sense. I was gonna say, I feel like the the size thing is probably a, a big factor for a lot of people depending on what you do mm-hmm. you know like yeah. screen size and just accessibility of being able to use it for mm-hmm. a certain right. reason like if you're just kind of using it for recreation mostly and to make calls um i feel like you know video you're watching mm-hmm. netflix and stuff you probably want a bigger one if you travel a lot i don't know i i was torn between that because i have the 11 uh 11 pro and I feel like the, just the phone itself, like the size comparison, I upgraded from a 6S mm-hmm. or, a, or a 7, one of the two. It was way <laughs> different for me. Yeah, I was living in the dark ages, man, for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think the the pro thing is kind of a gotcha word too. I don't know what mm. that means, gotcha. It's kind of like they trick you into thinking that you're getting a more premium product and i think a lot of times they do have better hardware in them too other than just having a bigger screen but i don't know where that is Mm -hmm. with the like the 12 and the 12 pro i don't know if it's like a better performing device or if it's just yeah bigger bigger screen's a big deal the the biggest difference between at least in this case of the iphones is the pro has the has like an extra camera sensor for the the telephoto lens, I think. Um, so yeah. you get the, the zoom. Uh, but the 12, like the regular camera is really, really good. So you, you're not like getting a worse camera out of one of them. You're just getting right. an additional good camera on the other one. And there are some other features like the 12 Pro Max this year has better image stabilization, I think. Um, but I do think that hot word of like saying Pro or Plus or something, that does kind of... F- that does kind of play into some people's psych psyche, mm-hmm. I think, because I think there's this status thing of 
you hear like if if you're with a friend and you hear that they have the 12 Pro Max, that's like two qualifiers at the end of that product name. And <laughs> you're like, well, Max. I just have the the regular old piece of shit 12. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds you know, like- Even though it's not true that the phone that you have is worse, you know, uh, probably. Yeah. There's it, like it this, kind of, this feeling of it, you know? Yeah, it kind of turns into like keeping up with the Joneses. Like, oh, that guy, he only has a 12 Pro. He doesn't have right. a 12 Pro mm-hmm. Max. Like right. he doesn't belong in our group. He he has to sit at a different table during lunch. You know, you know what? Like, yeah. You start to get to that point with right. this idea of like that selling point plus Pro. Like that is such, that's such a thing. I feel like as a society, we get cut, caught up on is just, the ability to say that we have that, you know, yeah. like I'm a better than the standard or I'm, yeah. I'm above average. Do you think it's like a, like a self-fulfillment thing or like, um, you wanting to show other people that you have the, the better thing, like a status. Is it like scratching your own itch or like being able to show it off to other people? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, maybe it goes both ways. Yeah. I feel like I got to the point where once I came up from like, the 6s or the 7 and i i decided to get the one that has like the three cameras it's mm-hmm. like if you see somebody post a photo and they have two cameras you're like oh okay yeah like i feel okay and then right. you see somebody post a photo and they have three cameras on the back mm-hmm. you're like mm-hmm. oh shit i i'm almost embarrassed like i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to show everybody that i have three three lenses i'm going right. to you know try to keep that a secret just mm-hmm. so i i don't think that they think i think of myself as above yeah, it's, it's that's such a up. weird thing. I've I've come across that too because I've been around people where like they ask you what phone you have and you tell them and like, wow, I wish I had money or something. It's like, <laughs> I what? hate that. That's so stupid. Yeah, because like, like, I don't anymore. I bought this phone. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But <laughs> I I tend to not do anything for the sake of like being able to show off, mm. or at least at least I don't intend to do things maybe maybe there are subconscious things that I do but I also tend to like be very careful about showing off about like even presenting things that I have purchased because I don't want like you were saying Nick I don't want other people to think that I'm like mm-hmm. doing the posturing thing even though right. like maybe for all they know I saved up for like 3 years for that and it was like yeah. a very conscious it wasn't like just blowing all yeah. this like money that I have or whatever, which is not true. I don't just have like stacks of cash in my closet. So <laughs> wait, that's not a thing. <laughs> it's uh like with the newer iPhones though, if you aren't showing people exactly what they can do, that's different than just at a glance, it's not going to really be mm. a big deal. Right. You know, right. Like from the 12 to the 11, I guess. If that's sitting on the table when you're out at the bar or whatever, I don't think anybody's going to be like, is that the 12? Right. Because it looks... That's true. I mean, visually... Unless you don't... If you don't have a case on it and the Mm. other person really knows like what the new colors are, because they're all new colors for the 12s. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like that. There is the one gold one, which looks super ostentatious. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're just trying to say something. That that one is definitely a statement piece for sure. That blue one looks pretty sweet. That's probably as far as I would venture in colors. I've always been, well, I used to just get gray or silver because Nick got black. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wanted Mm -hmm. to be, do something different to him. We spend so much time together. Our phones are always in the same 
three foot area that it was right. like I didn't want to pick his up on accident and see what weird stuff he was looking at on the internet. But. Don't check my internet page. <laughs> so, but then don't you just throw it in a case anyway? Yeah, I and I've actually this is a whole another part of this conversation is so um I recently started using a phone clip which is mm, dad clip. Dad clip. Yeah. And uh the last one I was using broke. And uh, I know I made a joke to you, Jake, about like, you don't have to worry about going out into public with me anymore because my phone clip broke. <laughs> but I got another one. <sighs> Man. But it's it's OtterBox this time. And since I spent $10 more on it, it's going to be better, right? Probably. <laughs> That's the idea. I mean, there is something like, I mean, there is a certain point where quality is proportional Price. to the dollar value. There's also a point where it's diminishing returns. So like you gotta be careful. But I think Otterbox is pretty solid, pretty reputable. Uh, yeah, anybody that I've ever heard use them has loved them. My dad has that same clip and I don't think it's ever broken. So your dad, yeah. Yeah. Your dad and dad I have clip. that in common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys get anxiety when you when you think about purchasing new technology or just products? Like do you ever walk in to the Apple store or somewhere and you just feel like, you know, you feel the pressure to get the latest and greatest thing. Say, you, say for example, you walked in and you're like, all right, I've got an iPhone 8 and I'm going to upgrade. And I know I at least want to get like the 11. But mm-hmm. you walk in and you see this brand new iPhone 12 Pro mm-hmm. sitting there. Like, do you feel anxiety trying to choose between which thing to buy? Or you guys, do you guys always go in feeling pretty good about like do you research it a lot before you go in so you can just buy it or mm-hmm. you know do you feel like you you get that pressure when you walk in i get i get stressed out the fact that something new is going to come out right after i buy it and mm. i feel like no matter how much i try to pay attention to the new stuff that's coming out it's like every time i buy it something it's like three months later i mean that's the game too right i mean that mm. they if they didn't put out a new iPhone every year, we would be like, what's going on? You know, it's just a right. thing they do. And I think a lot of people are on those plans and stuff where they're trading in their old phone every year. And, yep. um, you know, I, I mean, it's not a big deal, but I think that's part of the thing, you know, how, how can they, I know they're making these products to last and that's one thing, but they, also are going to push their new product every year, right? I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's that's smart yeah. of them to do. Yeah, I think it's an easier case for something like, something like the iPhone where you know you're at least going to have the newest one through at least until September of the next year. Like, you know the, the release cadence pretty right. well. It's pretty, you know, you can Google it and basically know when the next one's going to come out. Um, to answer your question, Nick, like, I do a painful amount of research every time I'm going to buy anything. <laughs> and most of the time I always just end up buying, um, well, not, not always, but in the case of like the, the phone, I would probably end up just buying like the, the top end one just so I knew. Like mm-hmm. I, have never, I have never been in the case where I was like, like the most recent phone that I bought was the iPhone 10, and I was coming up from a 6 s or a six i think um 
So like I, I could have got the seven or even the eight and not spend as much money, but there was this thought of like, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well just do it right, you know, oh, and get yeah. the one that I, I know that I want and can't go um, backwards. Yeah. And I don't know. I was doing the thing where like, like in Verizon, you can just pay monthly as part of your mm-hmm. monthly bill and it's mm-hmm. not, there's no interest on it. So it was like the difference of like $5 a month for me to just get the, the best one. So at that point it made sense to me, but in the case of what I'm probably going to do this time around, I think I'm, I really want to try to just buy it outright because I hate making payments on things. Yeah. And that makes the equation a little bit diff- different because the pro max, like top of the line one is like 1500 or $1,600, mm-hmm. which is an insane amount of money to spend on a phone. You know, when you see it broken up into like 40 or 50 bucks a month, um, I don't know. That's what I had been paying on my other one. So it doesn't, it's pretty palatable to me, but when you right. see like the huge price tag all at once, it's a, it's a different thing. So I am trying to think through a little bit differently about like which one satisfies my desires and my use cases a little bit better because mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, um, I've also become more aware of the phenomenon of overbuying, like buying something that is super expensive because you think that means it's better, but it actually mm-hmm. doesn't fit your needs. So you end up paying all this money for a bunch of features that you're not actually going to use. Yeah. And then in, in two years, you still are going to upgrade anyway. So that's like throwing right. all that money away. Whereas I think there's this misconception that, um, which kind of contradicts the thing that I just said, but there's this misconception <laughs> that like the higher, the more expensive one is better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always true. It depends on like the application. Where you're at. Right. And where you're at with your current product too yeah i feel like there's also something to it too or if you if you want it though yeah you know yeah 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 like you said jake i think when we were talking about this before and maybe you said it on the podcast i can't remember we talked so much all of us it's hard to bl- <laughs> it all blurs together yep but you Wait, said are we on a podcast right now <laughs> oh yeah i forgot oh shoot um but anyway you said you watched that and you were like i want that phone you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, there's that too. It's it could be that. Yeah, you know? want versus need. Like when it boils down to it, I feel like there. Yeah, some of those things get blurred once in a while. Trying mm-hmm. to decide what it is that you actually need versus what it is that you actually want. Well, um, I struggle with that when I buy like computers and phones and mm-hmm. iPads. What Jake, you were talking about? I guess we just sort of sort of started to touch on like where you're at with your current phone, for example. Ah, yeah. You know, like, have you guys ever lost a phone ever? (laughs) I've never lost one, but I've used it until it completely was not usable anymore. Oh, really? Bro, have you lost a phone? (laughs) I wasn't setting myself up for a story. (laughs) I was just, I mean, I do have a story. Well, I was just going to say, you know. What's your story? Well, okay. I'll tell it. So we, <laughs> we were in California, um, and my wife and I, and we were seeing my brother-in-law hanging out. And we went out and went out to eat and went out to a bunch of bars and just walked everywhere we went. And it was super fun. Um, it was like, you know, midnight, one o'clock, decided to call it a night. 
I called the Uber, actually. Actually, I was on the phone with my high school friend uh, that just randomly called me, and we had been talking for like 20 minutes. Mm. That's the last thing that I recall. And then um, I called the Uber, so there's that. We got in the car, took the Uber to my brother-in-law's apartment, and um, I mean, we all went to bed or whatever. And then I woke up the next morning and could not find my phone anywhere. And I was able to like contact Uber and they contacted the driver and then he called me and he's like, I've looked everywhere in my car. It's not here. And I'm like, I mean, I'll take your word for it, I guess. I tried to find my iPhone thing. No avail. But anyways, that was well, like a forced. Yeah, that's like a, a payoff though of having a smartphone because you think about that situation True. if you would have had a flip phone. <laughs> or like, you know, <laughs> you're just out. And I yeah. feel like the the best part about technology is like, think about how many times we're on the road and we misplace our yeah. phone or, or a, you know, the iPad or something and you're getting ready merch. The, you know, the merch team is like getting ready to sell stuff and you're like, you can't even find the little square thing that goes into mm-hmm. the iPad from the last show. And I'm making us sound really unorganized and unprofessional, but... <laughs> There's a lot that happens between traveling state to state. That's why you guys you guys both need phone clips so that it's always attached to your hip. The dead hey, clip. Ties if you guys, ahead of me. If you guys want to talk about that, we can. But <laughs> I was just going to say with the... So I lost my phone. It was an iPhone 8. And then I, went, I ran into the same thing, Jake. It was like, I'm going into the Apple store. Like Nick, you said, it's it's sort of stressful. If It feels like some sort of like social experience in the Apple store. You know what it I mean? Does. Like everybody has beanies on and everyone <laughs> is like just really good at talking and they could probably sell me anything that they wanted yep. to in there. Yep. You know? And um I went in and they said, Can I help you? And I was like, well, long story short, I lost my phone. This is what it was. And they were like, oh, so were you thinking you wanted to get another iPhone 8? And I was like, the way you said that right. was like, if I you, did, I'd be making a grave mistake. <laughs> you're so less than. Yeah. So how did how you peasant get of another, you. Yeah. Did you want to get another eight or, well, let's, what's the or? And so then, I mean, obviously, I got an iPhone 11, but it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just what, like three the, generations, right. three or four generations. But, yeah. But a little bit different because I feel like, I honestly feel like if I wouldn't have lost my phone, I would have kept the eight because I really liked it. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like the last home button phone. And mm. we're all, we're all a little bit on the tail end of a generation of like analog, you know? So it's like. Actual buttons. Yeah, I like to be able to push a button. <laughs> I do miss the button. The swiping sure. and stuff. I thought I wouldn't like it, but it's fluid. I mean, I don't even yeah. think about it now. I hate when I'm wearing my mask and, mm. you know, when I'm going in to rob a bank or whatever, and then <laughs> I try to open my phone to call my getaway driver, and it's like, right. put in your keypad. I'm like, I don't even remember right. the last time. I <laughs> yeah. Well, do you uh, guys feel like it's an investment, though? Because I think... Like in a way, bro, you invested into like, you know, yeah. for work doing, we do a lot of stuff um, with the band for Instagram and just mm-hmm. like posting and taking photos and things. And I feel like once mm-hmm. you got that, you kind of raised the bar for our social media. And yeah. I was, I was like, oh <laughs> shit. All right. Now I have to upgrade my phone. Yeah. Because that's really what tell, happened. 
yeah, you could tell the difference. Like I upload a mm-hmm. video and it's like, mm. God, that looks really shitty. And you well, never would have known that. You and know? it was a thing where we would be somewhere at a show and we'd say, okay, let's make a post about the show. And Nick would pull out his camera to do it. And we would be like, oh. Well, you Tyler would just look it. at me and pull but out a golden phone. You know, not that Nick wants to do it either, <laughs> but I definitely was pulling teeth. So I finally was like, brother, you got to get a new phone because you got to stop. We got to stop relying on my mm. device. And, and and that's a different thing too. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that. So I got this laptop um, and I got it about, two years after I had just bought one and it was a very incremental upgrade. <laughs> like it, I could have waited like I want to do now with, um, cause iPhone 11, I don't use it for all it's worth. Definitely not. I mean, I, I message on it and then I got my social media apps and I take some pictures sometimes, but, um, with this laptop, I didn't need to make this upgrade. I'd, right. It was one of those things where I bought one, and then right after that, the new thing came out, and and I couldn't sleep. You know, <laughs> I would like get on yeah. my laptop to use it, and I would just feel like icky. You know, like, but why? Like just knowing that there was a new thing, or was there something that you well, knew you were missing out on? Well, it's like you guys talked about earlier. You know, if you sit in your group of friends and somebody has a newer thing, it does that bug you? And no, not really. Like. I think I'm more excited for my friends. Like, mm. like if Jake, if you get the new iPhone and then we hang out, I'm going to be like, oh, that's so dope. You know, I just, mm. I want to check it out. But it's more for me, like any time that I spend researching the devices and then you'll always find like this one post where a guy's like, oh man, I it got this. And it's just night and day. And you're like, mm. is it is it night and day? And is like, it really? It's night yeah. and day. And so then you see, it's like if you're shopping for a TV, you don't want to um, look at them side by side <laughs> because you're always going to want the best. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Luckily, they when you're shopping that. for TVs, they have them all grouped by price point generally. Yeah. So like you're only comparing the ones that you can afford. I, I but did do that you, not do recently. you do that? I don't Once I, Yeah, that. I always I always make the mistake of walking over and being like, what actually is the difference? Yeah. And it, it is significant most of the time, but uh, I don't know. I can never justify it. But I, yeah. did, I did want to mention like it is a different thing for you guys kind of in terms of things being an investment more so than the average person. Like there are mm. people who make a, either their whole living or a portion of their living, or they conduct some amount of business like on social media um, mm. where taking good quality pictures with your phone is important. Um, yep. In that case, it is an investment because there is some amount of that that is bringing in money for you, right? But I think a lot of people try to convince themselves I mean, I think the term investment is used a little bit loosely, whereas like, I don't know if you can call it an investment if it's not giving you any sort of return on that investment, mm-hmm. you know, like just spending a lot of money on a toy isn't really an investment. It's just call it what yeah. it is. It's like treating yourself to something nice, you know, <laughs> right. which yeah. is, which is essentially what I would be doing um, if I got which is, the, the super expensive phone. It's okay. That's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but I, I, I just have this issue with people and to be honest, I'm really guilty of it myself, but people like inventing 
use cases for things like, well, if I bought this, then I could finally like start doing this thing that I've never had this desire to do before, you know, Mm -hmm. or like I, uh, when I, I ended up buying the, the AirPods and I was like trying to think of use cases for them so that I can get (laughs) my money's worth, which like, to be honest, they ended up being a pretty natural part of my life where like, Mm. I didn't have to force it too much, but like, I would feel this pressure if I bought this $1,600 phone to like mm. then start posting on Instagram all the time to like get my money's mm-hmm. worth of this like really nice camera that I invested in yeah, or quote unquote invested in. Yeah, so. I get that for sure. There, There's definitely a, a fine line between the two. I feel like, you know, since there is a lot of stuff that, that we do online, um, that was a huge selling point for us and for me. I won't speak for Ty, but for me, it was like, all right, well, it's worth paying this because I know I'll see the return. I'll see that, you know, the quality of what we're putting out there is going to be, you know, on par with other people, other bands, other brands, businesses. And especially, you know, we work with some brands too. And Mm. I think, you know, that's super important to also make their products look as good as they are you know, on our page and whatever we're selling and posting, I think, um, I make it sound like all we do is sell stuff. I think there's a huge, (laughs) there's so much inspiration that goes behind, um, seeing something that is good quality. Like you're inspired by a, a killer video or like there's things that you post, whether it's a photo or just a 30 second video on, on an Instagram story that I think has the capacity to inspire somebody if it's done well. Um, and I, I follow some brands and some other artists that do a hell of a job at that. And I think it inspires me to want to do better, like at what we're putting out content that we create. Um, Mm. and I, I believe a big part of that is just simply the quality of the camera and like what they're able to capture. Cause it might still be cool on like an iPhone six, but once you start like seeing the comparison, like when Tyler and I, you know, when I had the seven or the eight, can't remember what it was, and he had the eleven, it was like, well, shit, I'm out of a job. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler, he's posting. the new guy. He's the new exactly. poster guy. Yeah, mm. there's an element to that, I think. Yeah, and I do think that is an important thing, and I don't know. I don't think that you got either of you are going to be rushing out to buy the iPhone 12 though, if you have the 11 and I, you know, I think that's the right move to not do that is what I mean. But, um, I think in general that like common person doesn't always, can't always distinguish like, Oh, this is really good quality because it's so, it's so surrounded by really good quality, but you can always pick out something about this looks terrible, you know? Something about this doesn't look as good as the other things I'm seeing. So yeah, if you're a brand um, and you're not, you know, taking pictures with like a DSLR camera all the time, then it usually would benefit you to make this upgrade, but maybe not every year. Like I, Mm -hmm. I don't think most people, even the people that are looking for it or looking for the differences would be able to tell the difference between a picture shot on the, on the 12 versus the 11. So yeah, people that are in your case that have just, basically in the last year upgraded to the 11. Like, I don't think there's any reason for them to feel this obsolescence anxiety of like needing to go out and get the 12 to keep up with everyone else in their industry. Like maybe every two years or 
I think the the predicted lifespan of a phone is like three or four years. So mm. um, mm-hmm. I think you really should be okay for that amount of time. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really heard that, but that's something that I've always thought about is how long do you, does Apple plan on us? I mean, was that like another like a third party said that Apple didn't come out and say our phones are good for? I doubt I doubt that they have said that. Yeah, um, but I just they, know they wouldn't. In general, that's kind of what people like what you what reviewers on YouTube and stuff say. I think computers mm-hmm. tends to be like four to five years if you're mm-hmm. um, using it kind of casually and, and can be less than that if you're using it like a workhorse. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's a thing to understand too, is like, if you're going to make, make it an investment for your business or it's a tool for you, like understand how that amortizes out to like, basically this is what it, it's going to cost me per year. And then this is how much mm-hmm. it, it could potentially make me. And it's a pretty, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it's a pretty easy like calculation to where mm-hmm. like, well, you know, if I'm paying 50 bucks a month on this, but I'm also pulling in, make the math easy, a hundred bucks on this, you know, mm-hmm. I'm actually making $50 because of this, this thing where I might not yeah. with my crappy iPhone six or whatever. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people don't realize how, how stuff wears out, you know, it just does mm. just yeah. heat and metal, you know, those and electricity, it just really can wear things down. Yeah. This is a thing. A thing that a lot of people don't understand about electronics specifically, because for a lot of people and even someone like me that understands it pretty well, it, it kind of seems just like magic, like this box that just mm-hmm. is, is supposed to work <laughs> kind of indefinitely because it is counterintuitive <laughs> to where like if there's not, it's easy to understand how a car can break down because there's a lot of things mm-hmm. moving. There's a lot of literal moving parts to that machine and even computers with like spinning fans and spinning drives, people are pretty you know, they can understand how that works, but like a phone where in your head, there's nothing really moving. Like why would it ever wear out? There is a lifespan, especially, um, to batteries, like batteries wear out over time. They can't just like physically can't hold the charge the same way, um, that they could before. Now that typically doesn't happen over the course of like two years. So there is that where like Apple had to replace a bunch of batteries because they were going dead, um, too quickly. I I I didn't think that was like when that first came out and everybody was reporting about it. I didn't really think that was a thing, but didn't they basically say they made it that way or was it like, Hey, this is just, well, there's two different, there's two different sort of, um, scandals here. (laughs) I suppose like there was one thing about the actual health of the battery where the battery was degrading over time. Mm -hmm. And so Apple, Apple let you come in and for like 20 bucks, they would just replace your battery, um, which mm-hmm, I think yeah. is a good, a good move like mm-hmm. to, for them to, to offer to solve the problem and 20 bucks. Like, I don't know, I would, I would pay 20 bucks if I knew it was going to make my phone last longer. Mm-hmm. Um, the other scandal, and this is where it, it actually was kind of dirty. Um, in order to keep like pe- people being able to use older phones for longer they um, intentionally throttled the processor so that the phones slowed down um, to save battery life. And they didn't mm-hmm. tell anyone that they were doing it. It's a, it's a setting in your phone. So like if you have an older phone, like, I don't know, maybe like a seven or an eight, and you're able to 
install the latest operating system and you you notice a, a significant decrease in speed and it's not just because your phone is out of memory, there's probably a setting somewhere where it's like you're opting into slowing down your phone for the sake of battery life, which a lot of people didn't know about. Apple didn't tell anyone about it. And then when they when someone figured it out, it was like they were scrambling asking yeah. for forgi- forgiveness. So Yeah. Well, brother, what what were you talking about the other day? You said you're talking about how Apple has that policy where no one can work on their own device, right? What what was that thing? I mean, I think I think there's something to that. Like there's always the case of someone who brings something in that they tampered with and they're trying to pretend like they didn't because you know, they thought, "Oh, it's just a computer. How complicated <laughs> could it be?" And then, you know, they you know, if you you can seriously mess up a computer yeah. if you have like static in if you even just like shuffled across the carpet before you take the back out or you know you like sneeze on something and blow dust into there like you can really mess it up and so That's crazy. there is part of that that like they they have to be able to keep some amount of control over things in order to be able to provide good customer service i think yeah um there's a lot of people out there that are probably like thinking I'm just an Apple fanboy, which in some cases I am, but I'm also a hopeful optimist that like mm-hmm. consumer companies aren't always just trying to like gouge you out of money. Well, I think they're trying to cover their own asses a little bit, right? You know, because they right they don't want to have you bring something in that they can't fix, you know. And if you, right, it's in the state where something went wrong when you bring it in. I think most of the time they can. I mean, I've never had an issue with Apple and they haven't been able to fix it. We do sound like fanboys. I'm really not. (laughs) Well, there's also the case of like, so my company has cases like this where people will return something and it's like, there's no conceivable way that it could have actually happened. Like, it's like they ran it through a wood chipper (laughs) and they're like, I don't know, it just kind of stopped working. (laughs) You know, so like if you're, if you're, if it's not as obvious as like the wood chipper case where like something weird is happening um, and it's like a, it's a fact or a strategy to limit variables. Mm. Like when you're troubleshooting something, it's always about like testing one variable, see how that happens or see how that reacts. If it doesn't fix the problem, test another variable. And if someone was able to open up the back of the device and like try to tweak things themselves and they're like, wow, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to put it back together, make it look good, and then take it to Apple. There's like a lot of variables there that they can't like, because the, the user is never going to admit, oh yeah, I, this is all, like here's all the things I did, because they know that they're probably going to get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. So then it's Apple like trying to figure out what the person did and then also try to, they root cause all the damage that the person did and then they still have to root cause the initial problem right so it's it's just like a lot of unraveling of steps so like i i understand why companies do that Mm -hmm. like i i'm pretty mechanically and technically inclined and i have never had the prerogative to like try Mm -hmm. to open things up (laughs) and and see what i can do like um back in the day like when you used to be able to replace your own memory and hard drives and stuff that I do wish that you could still do that yep. in laptops because, I mean, I've been laptop shopping for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know about PC laptops, but Apple is very strict. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no screws on the back anymore. Yeah. Like, you just can't. What, what you buy is what you get. So you're kind of always skirting the line of overbuying on something just for, like, the anxiety of, well, I can't upgrade it down the line, you know, 
mm-hmm. piecewise. So if I run out of space, I'm going to have to just buy a new computer. Like that part of it, mm. I know there's trade-offs to that too, but that's one thing that I, I wish they would have kept was being able to change out certain parts. But Brother, do you have a newer MacBook. I mean, it's not old. Does it have screws on the back? Uh, no, this one doesn't. Oh, really? My, my old one did, and I was able wow. to upgrade my hard drive. Like I took out the, the old mm-hmm. one and put in a solid state. Yeah, I did state. that too with mine. Yeah, it's weird though because like, the the laptop in and of of itself, just the way that it's put together, you can tell they probably had that as part of their goal. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want people tampering with it because it's so seamless and there's, you know, there's no yeah. CD drive. There's n- not really right. any moving parts to to play with. So right. like it's pretty sealed, and I don't know what yeah. whatever that whatever you you think about however you feel about upgrading stuff like there's something in me that just enjoys doing that. Like I do that mm-hmm. with my pedal board or with, with just different pieces of music equipment. I love to just put stuff together and, and kind of play with like, mm-hmm. how could I make this better or different um, well, versus like buying it and just saying, this is how it is. I don't right. know. I mean, I know this is probably the same with you brother, but anytime I'm working on the truck and I run into a dead end and I call dad to see, you know, because he's from that generation where they just knew how to fix all that stuff. And he usually does have the general direction for me to go, but it's like they've made them, you know, everybody talks about this, but they just don't make vehicles like they used to where you can just get under the hood and yeah, change com- things. It's Lots of computers well, now. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how technology yeah, goes. You know, they They were a lot simpler back then yeah. where... Anyone who was fairly mechanically inclined could fix most things. I think you still can, like if you need to replace just simple mechanical components, it's pretty easy to do. But anytime you're trying to diagnose like code ECU stuff and yeah, I mean, there's all these sensors in cars now. And that's the other thing too, with like laptops, people, people get upset that they can't open up their laptop and change out their hard drive, but then they also still want the laptop to be as thin as possible. Yeah. Like. Or like they get mad that there's no CD drive that they never used anyway, yeah. but they want their laptop to be super thin. So like, <laughs> I think some of, and I'm not, I'm not totally sure on the the newer MacBook Pros, but I, I'm pretty sure the hard drives are like those board mountain ones now, like the M like M2 drives in. or whatever. Yeah, they might be. So that's all in, inspired by trying to keep the stack up as slim as possible. And that's so like, cool. If you want a beefier computer, like... I'm saying I think they should offer both. Yeah. Right. Right. Like they should offer the version where you sacrifice the form factor mm. um, for the sake of being able to maybe upgrade the drives. Yeah. Or you can get the really nice form factor um, with the trade off of you can no longer, you know, do the things that you want right. to do. And I think this is a very Apple thing to do of just kind of <laughs> making decisions for the consumer. Yeah. Like, did um, anybody and there's ask a strategy for this? there? <laughs> Right. There's a strategy there that I res- I understand. Um, I don't always agree with it, but um, I at least respect it on on some level. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of of them trying to make their jobs easier, but also not getting people to to come in and constantly just upgrade little things here and there. It's like they want us to buy a completely new device, and mm. that's the cynical side of me that says that they have this a hidden agenda where it's like, all right, we're going to build these phones, these computers to a certain point where 
they won't upgrade to the new operating system anymore. You have to just come in and, and well, I guess this one is still running my old system for the past three years. I might as well just buy a new computer. And mm. it could be, like I said, I, I feel like that's kind of a selling point. But at the same time, um, like you said, Jake, like technology has to advance. So I kind of struggle with that line a little bit. Yeah. So with these new phones, they're kind of a big thing that's been going around is that they're not including the earbuds or the chargers, right? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't then, know that. Yeah. Under the under the guise of um, uh, environmentalism, to save yeah, <laughs> yeah, save on e-waste, hmm. which like I I understand, but it's funny because like they say anyone who has an iPhone already has the charge brick so why would we keep sending selling charge bricks okay i get that but the new iphone has the usb-c on the end and not the usb-a so you can't use this (laughs) granted i have the charge brick but the cable they're going to send me is incompatible with that charge brick Uh, so i still have to go out and buy the brick or use my girlfriends all the time which is gonna (laughs) you know so that part of it is kind of silly like Uh, i get i get the motivation i suppose and i i get their um argument for it but i yeah i think i think if they're gonna do that they should they should sell the phone with both cables the c and the a so that you can use whatever one you have until they know that the the legacy um charge brick has mostly been phased out it's still too soon there's still too many people that yeah that didn't buy the 11 that are you know now buying the 12 like that's most people i feel like yeah well I saw Samsung just ran an ad a couple of days ago, right after the Apple event, where it was like everything you need is included in the box, and it was like <laughs> you know just a stab at them, which is totally Classic fine. Samsung. But, but you know what? When as soon as everybody is numb to the idea of not getting the charger and the headphones in the box or whatever, then mm-hmm. all the other phone companies are going to do it too. You know, it's just right. Just like um, I think Samsung has changed its inputs on some of its devices. They stopped on their phones, including the aux port. So, I mean, mm, I think yeah. I think a majority of people have some kind of Bluetooth listening device, whether it's like one of those little boombox speakers or if it's headphones. Right. I, you know, so I I don't think that's and they got to move with the market. And I can honestly say, anytime I use my wired headphones with my phone, I'm like falling through vines in a forest like it just it <laughs> yeah. feels like i i'm it's not as great i've been down and my knee gets you know it gets caught under my knee and i stand up and i unplug it from my phone mm-hmm. and i'm you know mm-hmm. bluetooth is just you know turning our brains to soup maybe but it's, i think it's the way to go nah, dude it's all right you'll be okay <laughs> you'll be okay yeah there's yeah still, and i think there's still i think all these old devices that we have it's like I don't I don't want to just get rid of all my old cables and headphones and stuff but I'm going to have to eventually you know like that right. I don't even use my um my regular Apple headphones I had like 3 pairs of these from phones I've got in the past with an aux mm. deal mm-hmm. I don't use them for anything now I just use the lightning or my bluetooth you know but right. that's that's e-waste right <laughs> it is yeah um I do want to talk about kind of how this topic relates to us as musicians as well. I think people might be interested to hear two different perspectives on this. Um, do you guys feel like in the in the musical space you have the same sort of anxieties or desires to constantly be upgrading things 
as we do as as normal consumers? I think at times. Um, I think for me, it's been more about now I can finally afford the version of this that I want. Um, right. Like starting out, you know, you're playing these these corner bar gigs and you're playing on like a $150 Fender acoustic and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, you know, they, they serve their purpose for the time, but when you're starting to get to the point where you're playing a hundred to 150 shows a year, that $150 Fender acoustics gonna definitely wear and tear a lot quicker than something mm. that not necessarily costs more, but that's just built to like put up with the rigorous road schedule. Um, mm-hmm. but I find myself treating guitar pedals like I treat that, the iPhone, you know, like I start to think, yeah. okay, now I have this, but like, hold on. They just came out with this, like Strymon right. just came out with this blue sky and I'm super excited. So I, I get it. And then, then they come out with big sky and I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> well, it's, it's bigger. Right. So it's gotta be better, right? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's the, the whole, Yeah. It's the whole pro plus, you know, thing. And I think that when it comes to pedals, um, I probably do that more. I go to a show and I see somebody else um, have something on their pedal board and I, I kind of like peek over and be like, oh, what, you know, what's that do? And then they tell me and I'm like, well, I, I got to have that. How do I, okay, what can I get rid of? What can I trade? What can I sell? Right. In order to get that now. And so it's just constantly like, Pedals are constantly changing. Um, I probably have never had the same pedal board for an entire year just because I get to the point where I'm always looking for something that I think will improve the sound somehow. Mm. And I, I really think it's just the grass is greener. Like I think there gets to a certain point where you just have to kind of say, all right, you know, I, I know my tone is good or I know this is going to serve the purpose yeah. for this song. Um, this is a need versus a want thing for sure. So do you feel like you make, you can make an excuse because it's for work? It's work. Like when you convince yourself that I gotta, if I want to be the best, I have to have that. Tax write off. Uh, it's, it's for work. (laughs) Um, yeah. Helps the listener have a better experience. I will say that like for anyone listening, who's getting into playing music, like there's something to like, Damn, I say like a lot. It's okay. Need to reset here for a second. That's what people are going to point out on the next podcast. I know. It's like not a big deal. There is something to kind of earning your way up to the nicer things in in terms of tools of the trade. This may sound condescending, but there's nothing that aggravates me more than seeing someone with like really super nice, really expensive gear and they're really terrible. Like they're, they don't know how to use it. They just, I think there's this thing where there's this thought where if you spend a lot of money on something, it's going to make you sound better just because that's the expensive one. Right. But there's a, a lot of times like, especially regarding, I know this is a big thing with microphones if you think that for some reason you can afford like a $5,000 microphone, if you just try to plug it in and record something, it's going to sound terrible because really what that means is it's a lot more sensitive and it's going to pick up a lot more things and you have to know exactly how to use it perfectly. 
and what things you're going to have to tweak and take in and out to make it sound good. Um, but like you see the, the guys that are playing really simple music on like, uh, $5,000 guitars and just because that's, that's what they wanted. And mm-hmm. I think that's fine. If you've been playing for a long, for a while and, and you have the means to do that, then fine. But don't think that, I don't think that we should think that just buying into the most expensive one right off the bat is going to like make you instantly good. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because people, people that have actually earned their way up to that are not going to be impressed by your no. guitar. Right. <laughs> like I've, I've always been so much more impressed when, um, a really good musician can pick up a really cheap instrument and make it sound good. Cause there's like, yes. you learn the touch, right. And you learn how to, it, for drums specifically, like if you really know how to tune drums, you can make really poor drum, like really low quality drums sound good. And you can pull the sound out of them instead of just wailing on them. It's, it's like a whole science that you earn over the course of years of, of playing and like cutting your teeth on, yeah. on that. Yeah. I think having that experience just helps, helps you appreciate getting something that might be a little bit better or nicer. Um, I think about artists like Gary Clark Jr. who plays or who played on like an Epiphone casino for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could walk into a store and buy that for 500 bucks. And it's mm-hmm. like, Right. Any, any player who's been around for, you know, a year or two could probably scrape together 500 bucks to buy that. And then you go mm-hmm. and you look and see somebody like Gary Clark Jr. still playing that guitar. Then you're like, wait a sec. Maybe it's not right. more expensive equals better. Maybe it's just like you said, Jake, like it's about just being where you're at and like, all right, this serves its purpose for where I am. And it's not always mm-hmm. the more expensive thing that is going to make me sound better. Because if that was the case, um, I think there'd probably be a lot more professional musicians out there. But uh, Well, there's a lot of people with disposable income that could just like, well, if I just go buy this uh, $3,000 guitar, then I can just be a rock star because that's what the Mm -hmm. rock stars are playing. I'm going to play the pentatonic blues scale if I spend three grand on this Fender I, I know it. I don't even need to look it up. I'm just going to be able to do it. Right. Do you guys feel like it's really hard to be aware, fully aware of where you're at on the spectrum? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. can you look inwardly and actually say, this is where I am and it's okay? Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard for me because I personally tell myself that I don't ever deserve the next tier of gear mm. because I'm I'm super critical. So... Yeah there are a lot of times where I'm like looking at a piece of gear for a specific purpose. Like it it would be a purpose driven decision. Mm. And I always tell myself, well, I'm not really all that great to like justify needing this. And also, you know, I'm not, I'm not really making my living off of this. So do I really need this? And I I always talk myself out of it for some reason. Um, And I always convince myself that I'm not good enough for specific pieces of gear. So I'm like on the very opposite spectrum. Whereas yeah. I think a lot of people will be, or maybe not a lot of people, but some people will be like, oh yeah, I, I totally deserve this. I yeah. I practiced for 15 minutes today or, or whatever. It's the first yeah. time in a, in a year. But <laughs> the only times that I've ever um, dropped like good coin on gear is when I felt like the stuff that I have has, like I've surpassed it, you know, yeah. or it's no longer doing what I need. Like, yep. 
early on, I used to play like these really garbage symbols and um, I was always borrowing gear from people because they just, their stuff sounded better. And I, but I could never tell myself that I had deserved or earned the right to, to spend the money on really high quality uh, symbols. And eventually like I just, I did it and it completely changed the way that I play. It completely changed the way everything that I play sounded. I remember that. Like I was never, um, I finally felt like, the stuff that I had around me was there for a reason and not just like the default symbols that everyone plays and like me always being unhappy with the way things came off. So um, I don't know. That was like a pivotal moment for me, but that was the last time that I bought anything super substantial. So it's, and that was six years ago, I think four years ago, something like that. So, yeah, I remember that there was, uh, I think when there's a really clear change, Mm. that really justifies your purchase or whatever, you know. Right. I think you guys are probably the same as me just in talking to you that you get buyer's remorse pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's weird. It's almost like when I buy something, I do three times more research after it's like yeah. <laughs> shipped <laughs> from Amazon, you know, and I'm like yeah. waiting for it. I'm like, okay, I got to be ready for this thing when it gets here. And I don't know. It, I think that's always going to happen. And I think with stuff like this, with gear, with guitars too, everything, it's like, it's not, they're not cheap. And so mm. anytime something isn't just like, oh, it's fit, you know, 50 bucks isn't cheap either. But I think if you make like a $50 tech purchase, you're not necessarily going to be like laying awake at night thinking, oh crap, what did I do? Right. You know? So, but with these like, you know, few thousand dollar or more uh, pieces of equipment it's it's definitely gonna i think if you don't weigh that it's an issue <laughs> you know right and maybe you do have the capital to just to buy it and you know i know there's a, there's a lot of guys that work um full-time jobs and they do music on the weekends mm-hmm. and so then maybe for them even if they are just like the chord guy or whatever you mm-hmm. know or they barely started they're like well, I really want to get to that point to where I'm mm. Jimi Hendrix, you know, but I don't know. I also struggle with this thing where it feels like I need to buy the top tier thing. And then if I'm going to be spending any money at all, I mean, and then I'll work mm. my way to that. But mm. I don't think that's necessary. And I haven't done that with guitars. When I first started out, it was like, $200 guitars, you know, I did yeah. that a couple times before I even moved up to the next level and the next level. And, and I don't really, I don't think that's a bad way to go because what if, what if you find out that you aren't going to do music for a living or if, if you hate it, you know? Yeah. You don't, you don't want to feel tied to it just because you yeah. put a bunch of, sank a bunch of money into it. And, you and know? not like, everybody is us either. Not everybody's going to be like, okay, it feels like something's happening here and mm. you know, this might be our job. And we need to invest in it. You know, that doesn't happen all the time. Right. Yeah. Timing's a huge thing. I think, you know, I think about how long it took us to get in-ear monitors um, Mm -hmm. or just anything that is definitely a a hefty investment. Um, I think we kind of waited till we were almost forced, you know, till Mm -hmm. we really just couldn't hear anything on stage anymore. Yeah, we literally could not. And ourselves. you get to that point and you're like, all right, it's time to, to make this commitment. It's time to invest. And it just pays off. And 
it's hard to kind of find that. Like Jake, I think you asked, or one of you guys asked, like, can you tell where you're at? Are you aware of like where you are? And I think it can be hard, um, during, during something like that to look at where you're at and kind of like step out of your, your own skin for a minute. Um, yeah. yeah. Hindsight helps like looking back. Um, I think it's easier to look at things obviously and say, oh yeah, I'm glad we did that then. Or I'm glad I didn't do this till, till now. Um, mm-hmm. but the in-ears thing for me was kind of almost more on the spectrum of like, holy shit, why do we wait so long to do yeah, this? Well, you know, for people who don't know, in-ears are those headphone looking devices that musicians wear on stage where they can hear themselves in them rather than having some speakers, which we call monitors down on the front of the stage. The in-ears put the sound directly into your ears and then you, the individual musician can adjust levels. Um, you know, like if I want more drums, I can put those in there. If I want more of my vocals, it's pretty amazing. And when you start playing venues where the sound is just like all over the place and there's, if you've got hundreds of people in a room, all sorts of weird stuff is happening with sound. <laughs> like they're absorbing <laughs> right. it. It's bouncing off of some things, you know, it's, it's really weird. So we've kind of noticed the last year, um, towards the end of the year when the shows felt like they were a lot bigger and than we had done in the past that we'd get up on stage after sound check, like sound check sounded great, but then we'd get up to play the show and it was like, I was singing flat, Nick couldn't find harmonies. And like, when you can't hear yourself, then you can't. <laughs> right. I, don't know. I mean, there's some musicians that don't need to, but. Well, Jake, you playing drums, like you're taking a yeah. lot more of the hit back there because you're completely so engulfed in your own, in your own drums. Yeah. I would point. have, I mean, I would have earplugs in to protect my ears, but then to counteract that, I would have to crank my monitor up so loud that it was contributing to the stage noise. And I still couldn't hear. And like, you're hearing your monitor feed on one side, but then you have all these symbols around you. So like you're relying on one ear to reference like multiple sound sources. And typically like Sometimes the backline uh, monitor setup is really good, but typically they give you like the worst speaker that they have as like the drum monitor. <laughs> so like you don't get the clarity that you need. Like I could never hear Ty. I always had to choose between like Ty's guitar or his vocals. I could never have both. And like I would have to, I couldn't put the electric guitar in it because then it would muddy everything. I would have to like he- try to hear the guitar through its amp and like Which was basically beside just, you. I just had to hope that the bass could hear me fine. Like I couldn't, if I put any bass in the monitor, it'd make everything muddy. So yeah, yeah, it got to the point where every show we played, I would come off stage and be like, that was terrible because even mm-hmm. though like the outward experience wasn't right. But for me, I never felt good about what we did because I always felt like I was flying by the seat of my pants or yep. like, you know, I was always like, I just couldn't hear, like I didn't know what was going on or, or whatever. So that's something too, where if you know, like that's one of those things where it will make an immediate improvement. Mm. I think it does, it does make the outward experience better. Like the the crowd facing experience way better because the musicians are tighter and they're all plugged in, but it also makes our experience better because we're not, it feels a lot less like work. Like it's, it's a little bit more effortless because you can focus on the part of it that you actually enjoy. Like I was always you know, I, I had the same thing happen where we would sound check and things would sound okay, but then 
um, once the show started, for some reason, everything on stage is different. And so I would get, su- I would just be overcome by anxiety because yeah. I was, you know, I Can't was come down. fixated on that instead of like playing, just playing the music and doing like, you know, contributing to the, the atmosphere. So, well, um, there's kind of yeah. two things that can happen. We can walk off stage after a show and be patting each other's backs and say that felt amazing. And then we get out and we're at the table or whatever and we're talking to people after and they were like, oh, the sound was kind of off tonight. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, but then the opposite can happen, like you said, Jake, where we think it sounds terrible, but everybody else was none the wiser. It's it's really weird. And, and that's one of those things where I feel like it's really important to, if if you trust your friends or in our case, you know, colleagues too, if they're telling you that something sounds a certain way, you, can, you just can't go diva. You know what I mean? You, right. you really have to trust people's knowledge in their own arena. You know, like that's why we, mm-hmm. we've started wanting to bring a sound guy with us that goes out in what we call it like front of house guy or our very own sound guy that will that will make sure everything's sounding really good. And I'm sure that at that that bourbon show, even though we couldn't hear anything, we didn't have those in-ear monitors yet. I'm sure it sounded fine out there because there was a guy out there, a couple guys out there dedicated to making it sound good out there. Right. He knew your style and knew what you guys wanted. Yeah. I've done it for you specifically before. It's such a weird dance. You know, sound is, is such a weird thing because it's so scientific, but also it's so, it's in the soul. So it's like this weird thing. That's why we say like art is this weird thing music or whatever, where you're balancing all of your emotion and, you know, like tactfulness and accuracy. It's, mm. it's really weird. This like weird dance you do every night when you're on stage and, and even when you're writing or when you're creating. And I'm sure that even um, like people who make, you know, like Apple or, or Garmin, I'm sure that there's this thing, but the user experience and the technology has to like dance together. Uh, it's, it's it's such a weird like peanut butter and chocolate thing, you know. It's like you got to have both. It's fascinating to me. That well, like I think the, this is why we can talk about tech because we right. like the user experience too. Well, I think in the terms of music, like <clears throat> I don't think the art can really shine if you're fighting the the technical stuff. Yeah, right. Yep. You know, like having all that stuff sorted out is what allows you to convey whatever you're trying to convey. But like, I I mean, in my example, like the times that I've really had to strain my ears to hear what's going on on stage have been the times that I felt like I couldn't play the way that I normally would, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, maybe the people out in the crowd don't know the difference. But to me, that's a huge problem because I'm very, I try to be very intentional about the the way that I play and the, 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 the things that I choose to play. And if I have to choose to play something a certain way as a function of the like bad monitor mix, just, just so I can hear or, or whatever, that's a problem for me. And, um, that's not me. That's not me being an artist at that point. That's me like just crutching along, (laughs) you know, trying to get through the show, which I I never want to feel that way. Yeah. That kind of like brings up the question of customization. 
you know, like you, you start to get to the point where you upgrade. And then I feel like there's an entirely different level is when you get into that customization of like, all right, you know, in your monitors, for example, you know, shout out 64 audio, but like you, (laughs) you get these things custom mold built for you specifically. Nobody else can wear them like you. Nobody else can have them form fitted. You know, they, they fit, they're supposed to fit you perfectly. Right. (laughs) And when you get to that point, you kind of reach this entirely different level where it really just removes every component of, of your, yourself thinking about what you're doing too much and just actually doing it. And I think, I think about like when Tyler got his, his, uh, his baritone built, you know, Casey and the guys at Veritas, when they, when they did that for you, um, that changed your entire, your show, like, and you could see it like Jake and I, the band, the crew could see that, that shift in you where it just became seamless and it became something you didn't think about. And I think that's huge. Like Jake, like you were saying, when you can remove that, you just, you reach this entirely different level that, um, really unites a room full of people, um, Mm. and just really gets back to the basics, which is just the music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're present. Yeah. You're present with the presence of the people that are also present. That's Yeah. That's perfect. It doesn't feel technical anymore. It's Mm -hmm. right. It's surpassed that you, you're not even really thinking about what you're doing individually. It's more about like what's happening in the room. It's all about upgrade culture. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about upgrading. So your show sounds better. Yeah, when you need to do it, do it. But if you don't, yeah. you could still do right. it. <laughs> well, I think that's the take. That's the takeaway here is like being able to st- zoom out and and understand like why, if you want it or if you need it. And there's there's a place for both. Like if you just really want something, yeah. and you feel really driven for like for that, then by all means, like if it's within yep. your means, I think you should do it. If it's something you really care about, um, but if you feel like you have to always be upgrading about things you don't actually care about just for the sake of like appearing a certain way, I yeah. think that's a waste. So Amen. You, could, you could spend that money on stuff that's more important to you. So Amen. definitely. Amen. Amen. Well guys, we're over an hour by a little bit. Um, we probably better wrap it up here. Thanks to everyone for listening to another episode of similar vein podcast. Be sure to subscribe, comment, and rate if you haven't already, and hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast uh, for things that you want to hear about, or let us know what you thought of this episode. If you're a slave to your upgrades, or if you could care less, we'd be interested <laughs> to hear it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. See y'all. <laughs>